Positive heads out there, thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life? Well, that's another. Which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. To help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the one who will be here with you each and every Wednesday, interviewing a different consciousness change maker that is also out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can hear me discussing topics such as my favorite thought-provoking quotes, reading and discussing wisdom from empowering books, playing clips from various inspirational spiritual teachers, sharing a bit of mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and essentially digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you into positive vibrations on a consistent basis. And you guys have heard me say, if I ever run ads on this show, it'll only be something I back 100% energetically. Well, I'm pleased to announce that day has arrived and that this episode of the Positive Head Podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. And you can sign up your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash Positive Head. Check it out. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's interview episode, I'm very excited to have Samantha Fay here with me on the show. Samantha is a practicing intuitive who co-hosts the popular podcast, Psychic Teachers. Hey there, Sam. Welcome to the show. Welcome. How are you today? Welcome to you as well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, likewise. Yeah, we've been uh, trying to connect for quite some time. Of course, I had your your partner uh, on uh, Psychic Teachers, Deb, on the show a while yeah. back. She was terrific. And so it only made uh, sense to me to, to get the other uh, side of the coin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yeah, she really enjoyed being on your show. Yeah, she's wonderful. So I'm going to start off with um, the same question I, I always start off with. You're in an elevator. You have 10 floors to answer. Uh, the The guy next to you looks over and says, what's your passion? What do you say? Well, I would probably say that my passion is helping people find their passion. I really believe huh. that it's so important in life to be passionate about things. And one of the things I notice in my clients when they get stuck and stagnant and they feel a little lost or disconnected, it's because they might have lost their passion. So I'm really excited and uh, motivated about helping people get onto their spiritual path and to find out why they're here and what they're here to do. Wonderful. Well, that uh, definitely makes uh, all the sense in the world why you're on this show <laughs> and why you have the success that you do with what you're you're doing uh, on your own with psychic teachers. Now, um, 
why don't you start off with just sharing a little bit of a background, uh, how you ended up uh, where you're at. It's you have a I was I was reading a, a bit about your story and it's it's really fascinating. Oh well, thank you. Yeah. So in a, in a quick nutshell, um, I think I was born intuitive. I just didn't look at it that way. I thought that knowing things about people made me weird and unusual and different. And when you're a kid, those are kind of the three last things you want to be in life. So (laughs) I kind of um, hid that from myself and and forced it down and ignored it. Um, I had a really strange calling to join the world of crystals um, in my Mm. late 20s, which was just very strange for me. my whole life, I thought they were just rocks that grew in the earth. And then I had some strange things, some crystals just randomly appear in my life. And so I started researching and studying crystals. And that led me to um, Reiki, hands-on healing modality. And Mm -hmm. I was attuned to Reiki. And when you are attuned to Reiki, you have to meditate every day for a prescribed number of days in order to get that attunement through your whole energy. And in Mm. that time of daily meditation, my intuition popped back open. And um, I kept seeing things that were going to happen. Um, And one of the things I kept seeing was um, somebody getting shot in the neck. And I couldn't Mm. see a face and I couldn't see a body. I just kept seeing this this person grabbing their neck. Um, and it, it turned out that um, my former husband was actually shot in the neck. He's, he was a police officer two weeks after those visions started. And wow. I think that's what really gave me the confidence and the, um, well, I don't know about the confidence because I'm still working on that one, but it at least <laughs> gave me the validation that what I was seeing in my meditation was real because I had told, I told my sister, I told my two best friends, I keep having this vision of someone getting shot in the neck. And so when we were sitting in the hospital that night, my friends and my sister said to me, you saw this, you saw this in your, in your visions, in your meditation, in your dreams. And that's when I thought, okay, maybe there is something to all this weirdness I've experienced my whole life. And so when all of that um, chaos settled down, I started um, going to meditation classes. I joined an intuitive development circle and just started to open this gift up. And I was led every step of the way in beautiful, miraculous ways. And that's one thing I always like to remind people is that when you do find your path and your purpose and your passion, all of the doors just kind of open. Just It's almost like magic. So if, you know, I always tell people if you're in a, in a state of life where you are feeling blocked in every direction, it just means this isn't your path and you just need to be redirected. Right. Yeah, so, that's such a huge one for people, right? I think so, to yeah. Get. Well, it's hard because we always think we know what's best for us. We always think we know what we want. And sometimes that path that we so clearly envision for ourselves just isn't our path. Yeah. You know, at the time I was teaching... Um, I was teaching English at a small college here, and I just loved teaching. I loved English. I loved my students. I loved my coworkers. I was so happy, and that wasn't my path. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just yep. – things happen that, was that part, you summer. Know, it's like sometimes it's a part of your path to only to realize 
what it's like to not be on your ultimate path, right? Exactly. Being off path is, in a sense, would be part of the path because it helps you to figure it out and gives you the experience of, uh, you know, ultimately finding something that really flows and jives and works for you. And uh, in that contrast, uh, I would say makes it uh, that much sweeter, right? I totally agree. And I shouldn't say it wasn't part of my path. I think being a traditional school teacher was a part of my path up until that time. Right. And right, then it was go. time to kind of switch and move. And that can be really difficult too to realize and accept, oh, I'm being asked to say goodbye to a really safe chapter of my life and embark right. on something, you know, really new and kind of scary. Um, right. But like I said, looking back, I was led every step of the way and everything kind of flowed effortlessly once I said yes to being intuitive. Um, it When I was in the moment and going through that spiritual awakening, it did feel very scary. I felt very unsure. I felt very afraid. What would people think of me? What would my religion think of me? Mm. What would um, I have? I have three beautiful daughters, and I'm always cognizant of them and their well-being. I live in a small, sleepy beach town, um, right. so I, you know, I've never advertised. I've never put myself out there because I'm very aware of what society thinks of intuitives and how that might affect the people that I love in my life. Sure, sure. Well, in in. Thankfully, it's, it seems there are more and more people that are uh, opening their minds to, uh, you know, the, the, the whole idea of psychic ability or intuitive ability. And I think uh, the fact that everyone, I'm sure you would agree, has these abilities at some level, uh, as I, mm-hmm. I'll uh, often say, not everyone was born to be, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, but everyone can make a basket every now and then, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like some of us, maybe that's their path more so than others to use these abilities as maybe even part of their their livelihood and so forth, Right. But uh, I I think the fact that more, you know, most people have had some sort of experience that sort of shakes their belief uh, to some degree, or it seems to be happening more, at least from from where I sit. I don't know if you'd agree with that. I agree. No, I completely agree with that. And I think that's just, you know, a blessing for those of us who are doing this work. I can't imagine trying to do this 50 years ago. Right. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> or a thousand years ago, because uh, oh, you know, geez, I mean, exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting thing, and uh, you know, me and you had mentioned religion earlier, and I, you know, I was raised uh, conservative, very conservative Christian uh, upbringing, and you know, um, it was something that was sort of taught to me. I think for a lot of people, these ideas that it's evil or wrong has, you know, been, yes. you know, burned into their minds. I know for, for, for me, that's what I was told. It's like, oh, that's like playing with the devil or something, or, or it's evil. And it's like, there's nothing evil about it. It's this natural, uh, part of being a, a human. It's, it's a beautiful gift. And I think sort of some of that programming that happens to some people, certainly those that are, uh, subjected to it at a young age, like I was, that, that becomes a, a barrier to overcome as well. Well, I think it's all about education because to me, we live in a world of duality. So right. this ability can be used for not so great purposes. Uh-huh, so, right. you know, I, I understand why the early church and maybe this present day church is so against this stuff. I understand it. 
but if you're educated, it's, it's like a knife, you know, you can use a knife, um, mm-hmm. to, to, to free an animal from a trap, or you can mm-hmm. use a knife to kill that animal. I, mm-hmm. I feel the same about intuitive development and, and doing this world of woo-woo stuff. I, I choose to use it for the light side and to help people awaken, right. but I'm sure there are people out there, you know, who use it for not so great purposes, but that doesn't mean that you you know, completely shut it down and turn it away. You know, just because you can use a knife to kill somebody doesn't mean you mm-hmm. should never use a knife again to cut your food or, you know, or to help right. free somebody from an entangled situation. So my thing is, I don't want to make this intuitive world as a Pollyanna, wonderful, perfect world where nothing bad happens because that's not sure. true. Well, yeah, but I mean, I and it's pretty gritty, right? Away. Seeing someone. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say pretty gritty to see someone getting shot in the neck. I mean, that's not, you know, uh, that's certainly not all fluffy uh, roses and and butterflies, right? Right. Yeah. And that can be um, upsetting, too, because um, I've kind of stopped some friendships in their tracks because a lot of my friends will say to me when they find out what I do, oh, read me, read me, read me. And, you know, when you do a reading for someone, you see all of them, sure. you know, warts and all. And sometimes right. that can be, <laughs> that can Changes be really your perspective upsetting. a little. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a different thing. And, and to know so much, and I, I don't, look, I don't, I do not want to present myself as some all knowing person. I don't read minds. I'm not that right. great. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm not constantly <laughs> psychic walking around. Right. All I, reading everything. I, yeah. But like what I think most intuitives are like, we have this inner, this built in lie detector. So if you're posting mm. pictures every single day on Facebook of how much, you know, you love your, your husband and how amazing your marriage is, when I'm around you, I'm going to tune in and I'm going to be able to pick up on those, those fearful um, emotions and memories and images of maybe a crack in that marriage. And people sure. don't like that and people are afraid of that. So that sure. can be kind of the negative side to this stuff, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's quite interesting. And, you know, I'm curious, you'd mentioned as a child, you, you started having, uh, you know, realizing you had some of these gifts. Can you, can you share a little bit of what that was like? I mean, uh, you know, you, didn't you have some experiences of seeing as a, as a young child, uh, people who had crossed over? Yeah, I had a couple of those experiences. Um, I didn't really know, uh, a lot of the times I would see people in my room and I didn't know who they were. And so wow. that was scarier. I, you know, my, um, my grandfathers both died before I was two. So even if they had appeared to me, I wouldn't have recognized them. Um, right. <clears throat> so when I was like, you know, five, six, seven and eight, and I was seeing all these different people, I, I didn't have any conscious memories of anybody I knew dying. So looking back on it, I I sit there and I think, I wonder if all those people who would hover around my bed were actually deceased relatives and I just didn't know it. Um, I actually have a really clear memory when I was um, 11 years old. I ran, my my mom and I were running out to do some errands and she said, um, oh, I need my black purse. Can you run upstairs to my closet and grab my black purse? This one doesn't match my outfit. I said, okay. So I run upstairs to her room. I go into the closet and there is a short old man with white hair there. And it was like, I startled him, you know, like I run into oh, the wow. closet and he kind of jumped and then I jumped 
And and he just like How, that's too good. So you scared a ghost? All right, I'm like <laughs> this is the first. It was really strange. And um, anyway, so I ran downstairs and I gave the purse to my mom. And eventually, I told her what I saw, and she said that it sounded, it looked a little bit like her grandfather, her mom's dad. Huh. But we didn't put this together for a while because six months later, my grandmother got sick and she later died. And so Mm. my mom was saying, I wonder if that was, you know, her dad trying to let me know that this was going to happen. So a lot of the, I did see a lot of spirits growing up, but a lot of them I couldn't place in terms of who they were. It wasn't, you know, I read stories of, um, wonderful mediums who I just love and respect and you know they'll see their aunt and they're like oh hey aunt Jean and you know and aunt Jean right. will give a message I, I have an aunt Jean actually <laughs> oh <laughs> I didn't have anything that clear and simple um happen for me I just would have you know people would always be around my bed and staring at me um wow. sleep was always very difficult for me. I would have, um, I never had like constant ongoing nightmares, but I would just have very vivid dreams. Um, I would know things about people. Um, I remember like random, weird, uncomfortable things, Brandon, (laughs) where you're like, really, Hmm. Samantha? When I was in the (laughs) fifth grade, I knew that my teacher I just, I knew she was going to be fired. And I don't even know if I knew what the word fired meant as a fifth grader. Do you know what I mean? But I loved this teacher. She was super fun and super easy. I mean, I just chilled all through fifth grade, which didn't help (laughs) me much in sixth grade. Anyway, (laughs) but I kept having, I was worried about her all the time because I kept getting this feeling that she was going to be fired. Mm. And um, in the spring of that year, she was found making out with the janitor and was fired. (laughs) Oh my goodness. <laughs> I bet she had the cleanest room in the building though. <laughs> I could go oh, lots of places funny. with that joke, but I'll, I'll I won't. Yeah. But yeah, she yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but she, so she was fired. So I would have weird things like that happen as a kid where I would know certain things, but I wasn't exactly sure why I was knowing them. And then when Mm. you're a child and you know certain things are going, like I had this one teacher who was so mean and Mm. I just, oh, she was so mean. She would yell at us all the time and she had this giant rock and she would just slam it on the table whenever we got too loud and she scared the living bejesus out of me. Um, And I I would always hear in my head, um, she's grieving. She's grieving. You don't know what she's going through. She's grieving. Oh. And, wow. you know, years later, I found out that her husband had died that that year, that fourth grade year. Oh, and wow. So she was grieving, but I didn't know that. And as a kid, sometimes when these things happen, you think you're making them happen because it all right. happens in your mind. It's, it's really, right. I think it's one of the things I want to start working on in um, my free time, <laughs> which I, don't have any of, but I hope to one day. (laughs) I really want to work on helping parents help their intuitive kids. Uh, You know, because as an intuitive child, and much needed. That sounds like such a a needed, um, you know, path for 
someone, many people to, to pursue because yeah, you hear these stories, everyone. And I've had a lot of people in the last year, especially that I've connected with because of the show who are intuitives or psychic mediums, everything, you know, sort of all, all gamuts. And, uh, it seems to be sort of a, the normal thing. Those, those formative early years are very trying for yes. these folks and, and their parents a lot of times have no idea what to do with them and you know it, it ends up being this thing to overcome and, and work through later in life yes yes and, it, and it's it's for me I can only speak for myself but my, my parents never believed me they weren't mean right. or rude about that in particular but they would just dismiss me. Oh, Samantha, you have such a wild imagination. Oh, there goes Samantha with her imagination again. Right. And they would all kind of like laugh at me. Um, one of my sisters always did believe me, and that helped tremendously. However, throughout life, that foundation of being kind of laughed aside or silly or frivolous or what an imagination really right. affected my life in some negative ways. And it's taken me a long time to start to build faith in myself, faith in my mm. intuition, and to stop doubting and second-guessing myself. So I do think that's a struggle that intuitive kids grow up dealing with. Right, right. Well, um, I'm curious what, you know, for those out there who have some intuitive gifts or are interested in fostering their intuitive gifts, is there any sort of... Um, baseline advice or 101 advice uh, that you would you would give them yeah I, I everyone will give you the standard stuff like meditate study your chakras pick a psychic tool like crystals or pendulums or cards that's all well and good but for me the baseline starts in trusting yourself if you mm. can't trust yourself you will never be an authentic intuitive and so mm -hmm. i think the key is trusting what you're getting, um, not only for others, but for yourself, and to really start to tune into the everyday and to follow the synchronicities, follow the inner guidance that you are receiving, and to stop giving your power away to um, mm. you know false beliefs that religions and other people might be teaching us, and to start right. finding that power within yourself once again. And I mean this in really little ways, Brandon. Like, for example, if you wake up one day and you're like, man, I just feel like crap. Like, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to face that mean boss. I don't want to deal with the, my crazy coworkers. Oh, I just do not want to deal with this day. Mm -hmm. Now, now, if you wake up like that every day, don't follow this next piece of advice. But if you just like randomly wake up one day and you're like, oh, I just really need a me day. Trust that. Trust yourself. And call in to work and say, I'm taking a personal day. Um, right. So I, I mean it in really small ways. You know, if you're mm -hmm. if you're at work and you're like, gosh, I you know for um I know I I know I told Bob I meet him for lunch, but what I really would like to do is just walk around this pretty city and just you know like grab some fruit and just walk and be in the sun. Trust mm. that and call Bob and say, can we move lunch to Friday? You know, you yeah. know, you don't have to give a reason. You can just say, I can't do it today. But just starting to trust yourself in those little daily ways will start to build trust in yourself as a whole so that when you do mm. get the big intuitive insights like, whoa, you need to change jobs, you'll know that that's not fear talking, that that's yourself. You're, and you'll mm. love yourself and trust yourself enough to follow that. Mm. 
Yeah, I would. I, I couldn't agree more. Like honoring, honoring yourself, and uh, that self love is so important, especially as you get into a busy life where so many things are pulling on you, and so many. You know, for yes. me, uh, as you just mentioned, you know, it's like, well, if I can find the time, this is something I want to do. I mean, my life has never been busier. I have more coming at me than I, I can really keep up with, and it can create that stress and anxiety and all those things. And I've just really had to be conscious and aware of it and say, okay, I'm going to do whatever I can and let, let the rest go. I'm, I'm, I'm the most important thing is that I don't get into that, that anxious state. That's way more important than mm. getting all the things done. Right. And, uh, I you know, and it just comes back to self-love, right. And saying, I'm I going agree. to honor myself and love myself first and foremost. That's more important than any task, any deadline, any, uh, you know, agreement that I've made, they can always be, you know, remade and, and changed and calling Bob and rescheduling as you, as you said. So it's, uh, I think this is a super important, you know, uh, piece for us all to get. I know for me, it's taken a while to, for it to really sink in and it still is sinking in. Oh, same here. Same here. It's something that, you know, we, we have to practice on a daily basis. And the other piece to opening up your intuition that I always like to tell people, movies and books, I think, have done us such wonderful um, gifts, but it's also done us a lot of harm because we see movies like The Sixth Sense and we see amazing wonderful mediums like John Edward. And we think that's how it works. At least I did. And when I started to open up to my mediumship and intuitive abilities, I had the hardest time believing what I was seeing and accepting what I was hearing and feeling because it didn't happen like it happened on TV and in the books. Right. Um, And connecting with so many wonderful mediums throughout the country as I have I've discovered that I'm the norm and amazing people like John Edward are the Mozarts, as you were saying before. Right. But right. most for most mediums and most intuitives, everything happens inside your head. Mm. You know, it's very, very rare for me to see a spirit um, in my with my physical eyes. It has happened, but it's mm-hmm. not the common thing. Usually right. when I'm doing a reading for somebody and I'm linking in with their um, grandmother, it's not mm-hmm. that I see that grandmother. She's not like sitting, you know, on the couch next right. to me and I'm like, yeah, she's wearing this red dress with the, you know, right, it's right. not like that. It's like I get a feeling of a grandmother. Sometimes I'll see my own grandmother. Um, mm. Sometimes I'll hear a voice. Sometimes I'll I'll feel an emotion. And so I always say that doing true intuitive work is kind of like playing a big elaborate game of charades where mm. your guides are kind of giving you some symbols and some memories and some information and you have to tune in and interpret that. Mm. So it's 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 difficult and but I think that frees a lot of people because people you know, I know you were saying before Everyone can play basketball, but not everyone is a LeBron James, right? But Right, right. And I agree with that, and I respectfully disagree with that in some ways. And let me just explain. Okay. I, LeBron James, I think he came out of the womb dribbling basketballs, you know, because that's right. just who he was meant to be. Meant to be, right. Right. But I really believe that intuition is a God-given sense. It is a sixth sense, 
And I right. do think it's it's physically in our DNA. And I think everybody has this. And I think everybody can be that talented at it if they choose to be. What is, mm. Isn't that that book, The Tipping Point, that said it takes 10,000 hours to become talented at something right 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 I, I, yeah I, i'm probably horribly misquoting that so don't don't send me a ton of emails I, I've heard that, yeah I am, and i can't verify i can't verify for you but i i have heard this and i i'm not sure if that's the number or not i don't quite recall but something to that effect but it's some it's something it's some pretty big number and i always right. think to myself you know the only reason why um, LeBron James is as, is as amazing at what he does as he is, is because he loves it. So he does it yeah. all the time. There's um, a wonderful interview between Larry Bird and um, Magic John. Is it Magic Johnson? Yeah. 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 They were the big you know, rivals. They were, yeah. they were like big rivals and big best friends. And Larry Bird always will say, I wasn't that good at basketball. I was a tall white guy, but I just love to play. And right. I couldn't stop playing and I just got better and better and better. And so I think that's how it is with all of whatever talent or ability you choose to invest time in will invest in you. Yeah. And I can't think of a better well talent to invest in than your intuition because it'll mm. never lead you astray. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point that you make. It's, it's, you know, we, and you know, what I believe is I think about this, you know, in a deeper sense, more fully, uh, as you make the point that, hey, you know, yeah, maybe he came to be LeBron James, but can someone sort of, do we have the uh, inner ability and power to call forth uh, new energies that maybe, you know, there are a lot of people who have complete crossroads in their life. You know, I think back to um, Colby Psychic Rebel, who I interviewed mm-hmm. a while back, who's amazing. And, uh, you know, she was uh, an accountant and, you know, well down this corporate life and all of a sudden this you know you know complete um fork in the road appeared for her and so you know with any of us i mean if someone says this is what i'm going to do i want to do this work i want to develop my intuitive sense i i am i am setting that intention right i am uh, speaking it into reality i'm creating it certainly they can so i think that is mm-hmm. a a really great point that you make uh that it 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 it's like it's all accessible. Uh, it's just, and of course, the most important obstacle that could get in your way uh, with any of us and anything we're doing for that matter is doubt. Uh, right. And uh, I think back to one of the most profound experiences that I had uh, where someone sort of went into a, a, a trance state and channeled messages to me in this very dramatic fashion several years ago that I've recounted on the podcast before. It's kind of a long story, but that's one of the things that the person said over and over and over again. Do not doubt yourself. Do not doubt yourself. Do not doubt yourself. And I think that is so key, especially as you go down the, these sorts of uh, unconventional paths, right? I agree. I agree. It's so important to drop that self-doubt. And in in doing that, though, you're going to hit a lot of blocks. So in tandem with dropping the self-doubt, you need to also drop the expectation. Mm, Yeah. You know, because, you know, as Shakespeare said, oh, my God, I sound so hoity-toity right now. As Shakespeare said, Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm the biggest sucker for quotes of anyone, so no one can sound more hoity-toity than me with quotes. So you can't out-hoity-toity me. Go for it. (laughs) I have one queued up here next with my next question, For actually. (laughs) No, but he always, his favorite, my favorite quote of his is, comparison is the thief of joy. 
Mm. And what I have seen with my intuitive students is there's always like if you if anyone listening to this if it resonates for anyone and they're like you know what I'm going to take an intuitive development class she's right we all have this ability I need to tap into it you're going to sign up for this class and somebody's going to be better than you there's always that one student right. who like you know it's it's like it would be like a, a Mozart jump it, dropping in for like a beginner piano class right there's always going to be that one student who's just going to like take off and run with it. And right. or maybe your friend who you had to talk into coming with you, she ends up being better at it than you initially. Those things right. are going to happen. And I've seen way too many students who say, oh, man, I shouldn't have gotten my hopes up. I'm not meant for this. This isn't my bag. No, it is. If you were led to do this, if, you were le- if you're just led to listen to Brandon's podcast, clearly you're led to be on a deeper spiritual path. And if you're led to take an intuitive class, a meditation class, whatever it may be, after listening to this hour with us, then you're supposed to be there. But if you drop the expectation of, you know, I'm going to go there and I'm going to just, boom, a light switch is going to turn on and I'm going to be this amazing intuitive, um, that might not happen. But if you keep on keeping on, it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. You might have 9,999 more hours to go. Yet for that to happen. <laughs> be fun hours. It's really fun exploring exactly. this world. That's the key. That's the key, right? Do yeah. work on something you love, and you don't work a day in your life, or something to that effect. It was said so once true. upon a time by someone somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of uh, hoity-toity quotes, Nikola Tesla once said. In a crystal, we have the clear evidence of the existence of a formative life principle. And though we cannot understand the life of a crystal, it is nonetheless a living being. Now, uh, I know you work a lot with crystals. You mentioned them already. And uh, I, what, what is a good way, f- you know, part of this path for many people is they get intrigued and interested in crystals. Uh, and uh, what, what is a good way for people to start working with crystals? Okay. Well, first of all, I love that quote. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Secondly, I think the best way to work with crystals is to just ask your guides, you know, just to say to your guides or your angels, whoever you're comfortable talking with uh, from your team on the other side, and just say, you know, what crystal would benefit me now? If you have Mm -hmm. a crystal store near you, go there and see what crystal you're drawn to. Um, Mm -hmm. If you don't have a crystal store near you, you can simply picture the colors of the rainbow and ask your guides to show you which color you need to work on, you know, because those mm. are the colors of the chakras. And let's mm-hmm. say, for example, you see yellow. Okay, so then you could just go to Google and type in, um, you know, metaphysical. Always type in metaphysical when you're asking a crystal question because otherwise you'll get, you know, this has a calcium carbon, you know, you'll get silicone, right, right, right. all that stuff. <laughs> We're not dealing with that right now. So type in yeah. metaphysical yellow crystals and click images and see if any of those that come up if you're drawn to and i just it's important i think to start with one you know start with one mm-hmm. crystal and and follow that path um I'll, i've told this story a lot of times on my podcast so i'll tell it quickly for any listeners who are like oh here she goes we love again. stories so please any we we, okay. we love stories you're never going to offend us with a story well, when I was um, teaching um, at the community college, 
I was teaching a creative writing class and I had a student who was kind of stalking me and not like a, oh, she's so <laughs> hot way in a, no, I kind of would like to hurt her way. <laughs> oh, man, would, um, really? Yeah, Woo. it was, yeah, it was really creepy. Um, and he would send me poems. Um, I, I saved most of them just to document because I was always so nervous. But I, one, his favorite one to slip under my office door was, Today I went looking for Mrs. Faye's house. Tomorrow I will find it. What? And um, yeah, it was, wow. really, it was really creepy. And um, the English department of the main building was on the th- well, still is on the third floor. And as is in keeping with my life, there was not an extra office for me when I was hired. <laughs> so I was relegated <laughs> to the the ground floor. Um, it was actually like an old janitor supply closet, and they put a Uh-oh, desk and a computer in there. Oh, you're in the janitor area? I'm not <laughs> kidding you. Uh-oh. <laughs> but, um, as is also in keeping with my personality, I loved it because it, I wasn't in the, I wasn't, you know, under my department chair's nose. I could kind of hide out, but still, you know, right. be doing my office hours. So I loved hiding away down there. Um, students, but students could very rarely find me during my office hours. I'd have to give them little maps. The only reason why I tell you all that detail um, is because one day, um, after I had gone to the security officers, after I had gone to my department chair and explored different avenues for help with this student who was scaring me and had gotten nowhere and no help, I walked mm. into my office one day. And um, on top of my empty desk, there was just, you know, like I said, the computer and a desk uh, calendar was a kidney-shaped orangey-red stone. Mm. And I thought, how the heck did that get there? Um, So we have a wonderful geologist um, at the the school, Dr. Garwood, but everybody calls him Dr. Rocks. So I went up to the (laughs) fourth floor and I knocked on his door and I said, Dr. Rocks, what is this stone? What I said, it just appeared in my in, in my office. And he looked at it and he goes, Whoa, who do you need protection from? Wow. And that really freaked me out because, you know, at the time a protection I was, stone, huh? It was a protection stone. And you know, I I don't know. I I'm I'm short, I'm petite, I have blonde hair. So right. I, people look at me and they kind of get the stereotypical image in their head so it was mm-hmm. it's always been important for me to present myself as independent and strong so i wasn't walking around telling anybody that this was going on i only told sure. my department chair and two security guards and so the fact that i was like there's no way he could have known oh samantha's been telling everybody she's afraid of the stalker guy because sure. i really thought sure. maybe dr rocks like broke into my office and put it there because he's a super nice guy but there's no right. way so i <laughs> So um, he said, you know, who do you need protection from? And I said, whoa, well, I, I do have a student who's kind of scaring me. And he said, well, keep this in your pocket. It's Jasper, and Jasper will protect you. And wow. I, I remember going, a rock? A rock is going to protect right. me. You know, like, I have mace in my purse. I have faith in that mace. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know if I have faith in carrying a little rock around, but... You know, it was so weird the way it just appeared that it I magically I kept appeared, it, right? Yeah, so I kept it in my pocket if I had one in my outfit or or my purse. And uh, less than two weeks later, he was arrested. That student was arrested for trying to set a golf course on fire. And um, oh, wow. it's really hard to get kicked out of a community college, but apparently that will do it. <laughs> wow. So, uh, 
so I never had to deal with him again. And, and that set me on my, on my path to crystals. Um, and what I have found since that journey began is that you will be led to the crystals you need. Um, for mm. example, like I was saying before, when my former husband was shot in the line of duty, um, it, it set me on this intuitive path. But also, at the time in our city, if you if a first responder was injured in the line of duty, you would get full mm-hmm. pay for 21 days, and that was it. Then wow. you were on your own. So, you know, a cop salary and a community college teacher salary, we were rolling in the money, right, Brandon? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So he was um, wow. in a coma for 30 days. So it, it, it would I knew it was going to be a long time before, or if ever, that he would be back to work. And I knew we couldn't, you know, support five people on my community college t- teaching salary. So I decided to try and get the law changed, and I went before city council and petitioned them to change the law. And the weird thing is that whole summer that this happened, I had been drawn to light blue crystals, blue lace agate Mm. in particular. And I kept Mm -hmm. buying blue lace agate. And this was literally like six months after the Jasper. Like I had just started this crystal journey. And um, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I was like, what blue lace agate? I, I knew it was like, you know, a, sp- a stone to speak your truth. Well, I've got very little problem, as you can probably tell by now, <laughs> talking. <Yeah. laughs> so I'm, like, I'm figuring that I? out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, why am I drawn to this stone? And then this whole thing happened, and I had to go before city council. And I wore a blue lace agate necklace while doing it, and I got the law changed. And now, every time a first responder in my city is injured in the line of duty, they get one year full pay. And I'm really proud of that. And I'm really proud of that blue lace agate that helped me do that. So, that's kind of how crystals can can help you. But you have to be open to what and, and, and where you're being guided with them. Right, right. Yeah, obviously being open is the is the first step to any of this stuff. And, uh, you know, as I always say, uh, you know, once you open your mind, whatever you do, you can certainly listen to other people, listen to me, listen to Samantha, listen to anyone. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're going to find the truth in yourself directly. And if you're open minded and go explore, you'll be shown. I always say, just do that and, and buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's really fascinating. And I love how you also now you tie the two together uh, with um, taking crystals and actually using crystals to do readings. And you have uh, you have, uh, you know, said that you'd be kind enough to give us an example of how to do that. So those of you yeah. at home who are already interested in crystals, you have a bunch and you'd like to actually uh, learn how to, uh, you know, use your crystals to do intuitive readings. Uh, Samantha is going to give us a little example uh, using me as the guinea pig, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would be fun because, um, you know, Brandon was like, what kind of a reading should we do? And so my one of my goals in life is to teach people that you don't need to go to someone like me. Um, for information. I really want to teach people that they can get the answers within themselves. I'm not saying never get a psychic reading again, because they're fun. I do it once a year. Um, But I am saying don't rely on it. Rely on yourself and rely on the messages and information you can get for yourself. And I think um, sometimes 
I think you can do this through tarot very, very well. But mm. sometimes just learning the tarot kind of intimidates people. Yeah. But with crystals, it's so easy because if you just know either the colors of the rainbow and the chakras and what they mean, you can pretty much do a crystal reading within 10 minutes. So I'm mm. I, I'm not going to go do a whole chakra thing, but very quickly, if, if you know, like red is the root chakra, which is about safety, security, and money, then you know mm -hmm. that pretty much any red stone is going to help mm. you with those issues. Mm. Does that make sense? And like, Absolutely. So then the second chakra is orange. So any orange stone is going to help you with creativity, fertility, growth, um, birth and rebirth, and so mm. on and so on. So if you just know that, you can do a crystal reading for yourself very, very easily. And it's a nice way to kind of step your ego, like push your little ego aside and just let your mm -hmm. intuition come in. All right. So I have a little bag of stones here that I'm just going to kind of shake up. And if you could just ask Brandon, like just, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be super personal, but just, just a question to kind of focus the energy. And I'm going to pull three stones and see if we can get an answer for you. So okay. could you just ask a question like, you know, where is my career going in the next six months? Uh, or what do you see for, you know, something. Mm, I think something that's, a, like that. that's actually a really pertinent question. I have many, uh, my hands in multiple uh, pots, so to speak. Uh, and so, yeah, let's just go with that one that you okay. uh, that okay. popped into your head. What, so, career and the next six months, career direction. Okay, so mm -hmm. going to pull. Oh. oh, and I knew. Okay, I'm so excited. I'm oh, sorry. I love it when I'm right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so, the first stone I picked um, was fluorite. And fluorite is that beautiful green and purple stone. It's got all these lovely rainbowy colors going through it. And it's called the student's stone. And it's a stone of learning. And it's a mm. stone of trusting what you're learning. So I feel like what that is saying there is that you're being called upon right now to take what you have been learning and share it. Because mm. the flip side to the student stone of the fluorite is the teacher's stone. Mm. The next stone Makes I pulled sense. for you is uni um, Unikite, U-N-A-K-I-T-E. This is the stone of birth and rebirth, so much so that if I ever have a pregnant friend, I will always make them a Unikite bracelet because it helps oh, us wow. to go through um, birthing experiences, whether literal or figurative, um, with a much more present-minded awareness and some protection with us as well. So, mm -hmm. I feel like what this is saying for you is you're about to give birth to a new project, with the fluorite, oh, wow. I feel that it has to do with teaching. But I also think that it's going that you're going to learn. You know, obviously, every time we teach, we actually learn something about ourselves. I always say we teach third, best what we most need to learn. <laughs> exactly. And then the third stone is sodalite, which is a lovely dark blue with this marbling of white, and this is mm -hmm. the writer's stone. Mm. And it's so funny because the whole time I'm talking to you, I kept feeling that. You were supposed to be working on a writing project. Mm -hmm. And the one, the, so I always, I believe that everybody has a subconscious mantra that they are constantly giving out to the universe. And I feel that many people aren't even aware of what their subconscious mantra is. Mm -hmm. But when I was talking to you, I felt like one of your, one, not, not your whole mantra, but just one of your mantras is I work mm -hmm. hard for everything I get. Mm hmm. And I feel like what you're being called to do this year is to change that that mantra to my success comes to me easily and effortlessly. 
Wow, that's been huge for me. I mean, I even sort of referenced it at the beginning, right? With not uh, reacting so much to, I've got so much to do. I got to do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Just relaxing and doing what I can and letting the rest go and and having that peaceful, you know, energy, uh, relaxed vibe about me uh, being Mm -hmm. the, the most important thing. I've really been working on changing that dynamic right there of go, 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 go and, and let it flow. I think something about this writing project you're going to be called to do is going to help mm-hmm. you with that. And it feels like it's mm. going to be um, new and different and a little bit scary. Like, I don't think you're just going to write like a book about things you learned doing a podcast. I think it's going to be more specific than that. And then mm. the other thing, as I'm looking at these stones that I ke- I feel like someone's going to try to partner up with you for a mm-hmm. work project. And I feel like you mm. should think twice about that. Hmm. I, I feel like you're supposed to do something pretty solo, but I feel like somebody who considers themselves uh, maybe higher up on the ladder than you or more well-known than you, someone who feels that they're above you somehow in seniority, very nice person, mm-hmm. very well-intentioned person, trustworthy person. I'm not saying anything negative about this person. I just mm-hmm. feel as though they're going to approach you with a partnership opportunity and you're going to be like, wow, like, you know, it's almost like Deepak Chopra calling you and being like, hey, do you want to work on something together? You know, oh, right, okay. Right, right. But I right. feel like you're supposed to really think about that and look into that hmm. because I feel like your success is supposed to be just Brandon. And I think part mm-hmm. of the reason why you have that mantra, that mantra, I work hard for everything I get, is because mm-hmm. you have. You know, it's right. what you know to be true. And yeah. you can find a lot of pride in that. I think that's a... It's a great thing. I mean, we do, you know what I mean? Like that's the duality in that statement as well, because I think it's wonderful to have success that you've worked hard, worked hard for. Um, All I'm saying is I feel like right now you're being asked to shift that a little bit so that you can allow this rebirthing period to come into Mm. your life and you can bring forward this new project that you're supposed to be focusing on. Um, that I feel is going to give you a lot of lot more exposure. I keep seeing like like TV cameras instead of um, hmm. microphones. Every reading I, I've had in this last year, because I've had a, quite a few, it's pretty much that exact message. And that is my intention, actually, to turn this into oh, an actual good. TV program. So, Okay, good. Or video, now, you video might production. partner up with someone like Gaia, for example. I could totally see I you just partnered up with, with Gaia them. last week. I just p- t- partnered with Gaia last week, actually, uh, or worked you. out so, the, the arrangements for that to happen, actually. So that's oh, that's, that's interesting awesome. that you'd say. <laughs> I haven't announced but, that on the show yet. Wasn't intending to announce oh, until next sorry. week, but it's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just keep seeing George Nori, and for some reason I connect George Nori to Gaia. So that's how right. my intuition works. But, um, but. When I say, like, watch out who you're partnering with, I don't mean, mm-hmm. like, a company like Gaia. I'm, what I'm seeing is an individual coming to you. Right. Um, and I feel like it's a great person, just not the path for you. Interesting. Yeah, the Gaia thing too is it, it's sort of a starting point. We're going to be doing you know some some ad campaigns together you know on the show, and it's it's sort of a, a great uh, intro into to working with them. Uh, but that is something that I've given a lot of thought to as well with with in general is you know there's so many ways to go about doing things, and I've always been such a sort of a uh, independent and 
entrepreneurial spirit. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, always like, how do I, how do I do everything myself to, to my benefit and to my detriment at times. So mm-hmm. I'm really trying to find that balance within myself as I approach all kinds of projects. And certainly it's been a big theme. I mean, this last weekend, yesterday's episode, I shared all about this butterfly, you know, caterpillar, butterfly metamorphosis experience. I had at a festival this weekend and, uh, it's a, it's big front and center in my own awareness of stop trying to work so hard to make things happen and let them flow more naturally to you. And that butterfly is so indicative of the unikite that we pulled for you about birth and rebirth. Mm. That's right, really, really right. cool. Um, oh, and I also feel like your um, relationship with money is going to be challenged between now and August. And mm. just to not stress out about that because it's super temporary. And after that, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of abundance. But I just feel like the way um, – I feel like you've done a lot of work on – manifesting financial abundance and i think you've done a really good job with that and i feel like right now it's going to be tested hardcore and really do not freak out about that or don't pull out of any invest i'm not i'm just saying just kind of observe it and watch it and know that as you if you don't panic and you just keep on doing what you've been doing with this relationship you've developed with money it's that Mm -hmm. energy will just completely dissipate by the time you get to the end of the summer but if you panic and you like hold on and pull out of investments then it might continue but i don't think you're going to do that right interesting interesting because you know in the last few months it's been a really good uh momentum uh that i sort of expected to continue uh but at the same time i've been on lots of roller coasters with uh money in abundance so you know there's nothing that can come at me um, that i haven't sort of dealt with so but that that brings up a really good point because i i see this happen again and again in my own life and in in clients i work with when we work really hard to manifest something whether it's money or love or a new job or we do it, right? And we're like, oh my God, look at that. I got this parking space. I manifested this relationship. Right. I manifested this interview. And we're just kind of like singing along like, woo, look at me. And the minute we get to that point, I feel like that's when the universe steps in and goes, okay, yeah, but now I'm going to stop all that and see how you react. Mm. And then if right. we can just keep on with that positive, uplifted energy that we had while right. we were manifesting, when we enter right. that you know, temporary blockage period, then that Mm -hmm. happy manifesting um, with ease period comes right back in. Right, 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 right. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for that. That was, uh, that was quite insightful. And <laughs> you, you, uh, you, you brought out some things I was, uh, not quite going to bring out. It was so funny. Uh, Samantha is literally this morning before we turned on the mic, like, uh, I was de- debating whether or not this would be the first episode where I run a Gaia ad. So, oh, um, wow. I, I mean, like it, we're set up to do it. I just got to get a few ducks in a row and it's like, oh, should this be the first one? that I do it or should I do it tomorrow or you know uh, and I was literally trying the first one so guys since that cat's out of the bag this seems like a perfect time for me to tell those of you who aren't familiar a bit about Gaia I've been a big fan of Gaia for many years now which is why they're the only content provider I've ever reached out to in regards to potentially supporting the positive head podcast So needless to say, I'm very excited to announce they are now in turn supporting this show. 
Gaia truly is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. They have an incredible 7,000 plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. Just to give you an example, on 420, the show Open Minds with Regina Meredith will feature Mark Mirabello talking about his book, A Traveler's Guide to the Afterlife. I mean, it'd be hard to be more up my alley than that, right? As you all hear me constantly say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to go deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. And you can sign up your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. I highly recommend all you positive heads to check it out. If you want to write the stones down, it's fluorite, unikite, and sodalite. Lots of ites. Unikite. And what was the last one? Sodalite. S-O-D-L-S-O-D-A-L-I-T-E. Perfect. And just remember, when you Google them, Google metaphysical properties of fluoride. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> and then it'll tell you what you need to know about those stones. But Wonderful. I, I really think, think you're going to be like crazy, hugely successful with the TV stuff. Yeah, I've uh, I've felt that for a long time coming so um i'm i'm i love hearing of course the uh, reiteration from someone who has some some uh, insight some intuitive insight like you do and it's uh, like i said it's something that and pretty the much is i think a part of that and i feel like yeah. like, like i said i don't feel like the writing is going to be connected to the tv project necessarily i feel okay. like you're being called to write about something that makes you very raw and vulnerable and uncomfortable um, mm. I keep seeing um, summoning the shadow and, you know, young and all that type of stuff. So I feel like it's, I feel like you're going to be writing about stuff that's really going to help people, but it might come wow. from a place in your life that you're not really comfortable sharing. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, wow. That that was uh, actually when you're like, oh, yeah, we'll do a little mini reading. Uh, that was a little bit more than I bargained for. So um, <laughs> thank you so much for that. That was super oh, insightful so and helpful. So um, let's see here. I and mean, we got a little bit of time left. I, I'd love, love, love to hear, of course, you know, you've already shared a couple of good stories. Do you, you know, I always ask people for a good story of uh, synchronicity, serendipity, oh, a I positive so paranormal story. Love... Oh, well, you share as many as you feel okay. uh, inspired to share. Okay. I love stories like that. So yeah, I have, I have a lot of fun ones. Um, my favorite one to share is um, about my oldest daughter, Olivia. Um, when she was um, almost three, she asked for a fish. So we went to the pet store and we picked out a fish and we're driving home and she's got the little bag in her lap with the little fish swimming around. And I said, Olivia, what are you going to name your fish? And now keep in mind, this is someone who has just learned to talk. And Mm -hmm. she said, Odin. And I thought, that's a weird name. So I said, where'd you come up with that name? And she said, oh, that's my angel. And I, I, wow. I oh, and if any of you moms and dads out there have a child who's just learning to talk and they say these profound things, what I learned right. the hard way is the the more you dig for information, the more they back away. Like I feel like right. if I had just sat there and let her talk, I would have gotten more information. But what she sure. did tell me was that he was a very tall man and had really, really thick wings that 
um, poked the ceiling of her bedroom and that he would come in at night to um, keep her safe while she slept. Wow. And I could never get anything else out of her about that. And um, flash forward, my kids go to Catholic school. And when they're in Mm -hmm. second grade and they're preparing for uh, First Communion, they have to write a book report about who they, well, not a book report, but but a report about who they think their guardian angel is. And so my uh-huh. sweet Olivia was. <laughs> Odin is not on the school. Catholic uh, on the Catholic no. list. I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "Mom, can I read you my essay about my guardian angel?" And I said, "Sure, honey, I'd love to hear it." And she said, "My guardian angel is Brittany, and she has blonde hair and blue eyes, and <laughs> and she's clearly on and on about this little girly girl guardian angel." <laughs> And I said, oh, honey, I said, that's beautiful. But don't you remember, you told me who your guardian angel is. He's a, he's a boy named Odin. And she scrunched up her face and she goes, I would never have a boy as a guardian angel. <laughs> she had no memory of this, of him visiting wow. her at night, of her naming her fish, who lived for a really long time, by the way. No wow. memory of this angel that she had seen for the early years of her life. So I'm telling her all these stories and she's looking out the window and she's like, "Mm, no, I really think my angel's Brittany. Uh, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to push it. (laughs) So we're at this stoplight and there's this white Porsche next to me. And I don't, care about cars at all, as long as they get me from A to B, but it was (laughs) revving its engine. So that's why I noticed it and I looked at it and the light turned green and it took off and it's the license plate said Odin number one. Whoa. Whoa. And I raced up to the car and I, I'm like, Olivia, look, Olivia, look. And all she said was, darn it. My angel is a boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's so cute. It's <laughs> so good. I love that story. So I love that story. Um, one of the things I always tell people is when you have a loved one who dies, I do think it's a really good idea to ask them to give you a sign. And I mm-hmm. don't think it's a good idea to just ask a generic question like, give me a sign, because then you know, an umbrella could fall on your head and you go, is that my sign? So I think it's best to ask for a specific sign. And I always Mm -hmm. tell people that loved ones on the other side can communicate with you really easily through metal. That's why we have Mm -hmm. things like pennies are from heaven because metal Mm. is a conductor of energy and our loved ones Mm. in heaven are just energy. So it's easy for them to manipulate coins and things like that. So that is an easy one. You could say, you know, but again, be as specific as possible. If you know um, somebody is going to be dying, you know, if you're in that end of time process, or if you just have an elderly parent, my parents are very elderly, and I've already mm-hmm. told them what signs I want them to show me when they die. Um, right. So, you know, ask, don't, <laughs> Pre- don't little say, show me. I know, a little creepy, but that's my world. Um, don't, uh, <laughs> you know, don't ask for coins. You know, say, show me a dime, show me a quarter. Um, music is a really good way for them to connect with you. You could, if your dad always listened to Frank Sinatra, you know, you could say, Daddy, when when it's your time and you get to heaven, let me know you're safely there by playing Fly Me to the Moon. Um, right. Oh. And dreams is a good way, but it's not a guaranteed way. So you want a specific sign. You could ask uh, nature. It's really easy for them. So you could ask for a specific bird or a butterfly. Mm. So anyway, I was very close to my mother-in-law 
And um, she knew that I was into this woo-woo world, but this is a woman who went to mass every day and said the rosary every night at 9 p.m. So we talked about it and we didn't talk about it. You know what I mean? And back mm-hmm. in that day, she used to watch Montel Williams. He came on every day at like three o'clock and once a month he'd have Sylvia Brown on. So one right. day she calls me up and she goes, Samantha, Sylvia Brown says that when people die, they leave you pennies. She goes, why mm-hmm. the heck would anyone leave you a penny? So I'm telling her the whole <laughs> leave thing. Leave me a million bucks, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm telling her how crazy. cash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a stack of a stack of hundreds. So I'm explaining the whole thing to her, and she thinks about it, and she goes, "Well, at the very least, I leave you quarters." <laughs> so she ends up passing away two years later, and um, you know, I never ever have cash on me. It's very very rare, and I definitely don't have quarters on me. I'm I'm a debit girl. Um, we come home from her funeral, open up the car door and there's a pile of five quarters on the floor of my garage. Wow. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's Nana, that's Nana. So that kind of kicked off Nana or my mother-in-law, Maggie, coming to us that way. She was incredibly close to my children. Um, I saw them every day of her life. And so when my middle daughter, Tori, was graduating kindergarten, for any of you mm-hmm. older listeners, yes, they actually do full-on graduations for kindergarten. <laughs> it's not just high school anymore. Um, I, I woke up that morning, and I just I thought of Maggie, and I thought, man, I wish she were here. She would have loved this day. Yeah. And I go to my daughter Tori's room, and she, at the time, um, was just one of those kickers. You know those kids, they just kick all the covers out, and their head ends up where their mm-hmm. feet were. She was always a restless sleeper. Um when she was little. So I go, she's tucked in, the comforter's pulled up under her chin, like she hasn't moved all night, and there's a shiny quarter on top of the blanket. Oh, wow. And I just knew it was, you know, her saying, I will be there. Um, yeah. One Mother's Day. <laughs> I Mother's Day is, you know, you always expect you're going to wake up on Mother's Day and you're going to get like coffee and breakfast in bed. And maybe some of you do. And God bless you. <laughs> that does not happen in my family. In my family, it's like my mom will call me the day before. So what are you cooking for Mother's Day? What time should right. I be there? You know, so right, 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 right. This Mother's Day, I had my mom and my sister and um, my father-in-law and all these all family over. And I'm cooking and I'm passively, aggressively getting bitter and bitter about it throughout the day. And I'm washing dishes, and um, I've always done that for my family. Like, the holidays are often, almost always at my house. But Maggie would always be so good about it. Like, she would she would say to the boys in her family, get up and help her right now. You know, she would get things going. Whereas this Mother's Day, everybody's in my living room. They're all laughing and talking and having a grand old time. And I'm in the kitchen doing all the dishes. And I said, Maggie, I sure as hell do wish you were here to get these people up off their you-know-whats and help me. And I hit the garbage disposal, and I hear a click, 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 click. And I put my hand in the garbage disposal, and (laughs) there's a quarter. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It was really, really wild. Um, So she constantly will do that. Um, I had had this dream one night in, uh, in 2012. I had a dream that I woke up. And I was in my bedroom. And I always tell people, if you have a dream and you're 
and you recognize the situation and the surroundings really clearly and easily, it's a good Mm -hmm. sign that it's a visitation dream and not an actual Mm. dream. So I woke up and I'm in my bed and and, um, I hear this huge crash in the family room. And Mm. I go out to the family room and there's my mother-in-law on the floor. She's been deceased for five years at this point. And I rush over to her and I said, Maggie, Maggie. And she said, "Um, pick me up, honey. That took a lot more energy than I thought it would. Um, She goes, so I don't have much time. And she kept talking about how hard it was to break into my dream. And wow. so she grabbed my hand and she said, um, honey, honey, listen, listen, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. It means nothing. Do you hear me? It means nothing. You're going to be okay. I oh, had wow. no idea what she was talking about. Whoa. And then she said, um, oh, and tell Grace congratulations. So Grace is her first granddaughter um, from my sister-in-law's family. Mm-hmm. So I woke up and I um, did not know what that dream meant. I called my sister-in-law. Um, who definitely is so patient and kind and listens to my stories and then goes to the church. You know, <laughs> she's just kind right, of right, like, right. I don't know about this girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. she said, I'm playing um, it safe. She's, yeah, so she started to cry when she heard me say, tell Grace congratulations, because that was her daughter. And she said, we just found out last night that Grace made the Junior Olympics for skiing. And I was like, wow. son of a gun. Oh my gosh. So that whole day, I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means nothing. What does that mean? Well, that night I took a shower and I found a lump in my breast. Oh, wow. And breast cancer runs in my family pretty heavily. So it started this very difficult trying journey. I did have breast cancer. I did take care of it and I am fine now. But having that experience of her holding my hand so tightly in that dream and saying, it means nothing. It means nothing, Samantha. You're going to be okay. Got me through that very difficult year to the point where at the end of that year, um, I had a, a full mastectomy and my other daughter, my youngest was graduating kindergarten and wow. um, I still had the drains in me. I was a mess, but I was not going to miss this graduation, right? So yeah. I, I go do it, and um, there's a big party afterwards, and I had to tell people, like, you know, I couldn't do that. I had to get back home. And I'm trying to, like, make an exit without people, you know, bombarding me with too many questions. And this friend of mine who, it was Maggie's best friend's daughter, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my mother-in-law's best friend daughter, her kids went mm-hmm. to my same school. So we knew each other, but mm-hmm. we weren't friends. She right. came up to me and she said, are you okay, Samantha? And I said, yeah, I'm okay. I've, I hadn't told her what I was going through. I, was, I wasn't secretive about mm-hmm. it, but I was just private about it. So I didn't yeah. know what she was referring to. And I said, I'm okay. And she said, um, okay, well, are you going to the party? And I said, oh, did you hear? I said, I, I just had surgery, so I have to go home. And she goes, surgery? What the hell for? And I told her. She started to cry. She said, Samantha, for almost a year, I've been having the same dream every week where Maggie is texting me, tell Samantha she's going to be okay. Wow. And she said, but Maggie never knew how to text. <laughs> so I, didn't, I thought I was like making <laughs> up the dream. Yeah. And she said, and then I thought like, you know, what if it was something personal, like marriage issues or financial issues? I didn't want to poke my nose in. So I never said anything. Now I know Maggie was trying to tell you that you're going to make it through this cancer. Wow. 
Yeah, what it's a, pretty cool. What a riot. <laughs> yeah, that is super cool. What I mean, she is obviously uh, it, making her presence uh, extremely felt in your world uh, over and over again. That is fascinating. Yeah. And I think that, you know, uh, everyone listening can have those experiences if you open yourself up to it. And if you are, um, you know, just cognizant of, of the signs and you ask for them. And when you receive them, if you say thank you. Yeah. 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 Gratitude. Because I think that's important. And to know, um, you know, to know beyond knowing, beyond knowing that there is help out there on the other side, but we, you know, God yeah. does give us all free will. And so we have to ask for it. Yeah. Yeah. But, we may not all have Odin, but we, we have someone, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> we definitely uh, do. Oh, I had the coolest thing happen to me. I just got home last night um, uh-huh. from a week in Asheville, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Oh, I, love the Ash- I love Asheville. Oh my gosh, I connected with that city so deeply. I so I, beautiful. As soon as I launched my kids, I'm moving there. <laughs> so, but I it's was funny because um, that's one walking. of the places I've considered to to go and write at some point. I, I've sort of envisioned. I have family friends who own property there, and you know, I'm originally from Virginia and have a lot of roots in North Carolina. And um, oh, wow. so all on my dad's side are North Carolina roots. So anyway, it's funny book that you mentioned writing, and that's Asheville is a place that has just crossed my mind. I felt so at home there. I felt so tuned in and connected and relaxed there. And yesterday I had just left a lovely crystal store named Enter the Earth and had gotten some lovely new stones. And I was just feeling happy and relaxed and walking with my girls and we're trying to pick a place to have lunch. And there's a man and a woman um, leaning into a shop window and I saw his guide standing back to back. If you can picture the man leaning into the store. The uh-huh. guide had his back against his his person's back, and he was dressed as a soldier. And wow. it was the first time ever in my life that I've seen a spirit guide with my physical eyes. Wow. It was so cool. Wow. I've seen, you know, deceased people with my physical eyes from time to time. And one time I even saw, um, that was a really, I had a client come to me, she walked in, and I saw a man walk in behind her. He was so real to me that I went into the hallway to find him. Mm-hmm. And I sat down and I described him to her. And she said, um, that's my ex-husband. He's stalking me. That's why I'm here. Wow. And wow. He, was, he was alive, but I saw him in her energy as a real person coming in behind her. I still don't understand you know how that works. Um, but anyway, wow. it was so neat yesterday to see someone's guide with my physical eyes, I, I hope that happens again. Um, he yeah, was very like, big and tough and his arms crossed, but he winked at me like like he knew I, oh. I could see him. It was really wow. cool. What a so trip. I, I, I can't imagine that having that experience, you know, seeing something, seeing a non-physical entity in front of my face would be uh, fascinating. I, I I would love to have that experience. <laughs> Oh, I'm telling you, go to Asheville. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I know it's not like a Sedona, but it it felt like it. It to actually, me. you know, really. it, yeah, it's supposedly uh, from what I've heard. You know, I, I go to a lot of transformational festivals, and I know that there's sort of mm-hmm. a lot of people in that scene that are are gravitating to Asheville. So I I I think it is sort of known for having that sort of spiritual energy in general. And of course it's in, for those of you who don't know, it's in the mountains in, in North Carolina, an absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. 
Oh, it really, really is. Um, so anyway, it's not a, it's not really a, a story of, of synchronicity, but um, mm. to me, it was just nice validation that our guides are always with us, even when we're just like randomly walking down a street shopping. <laughs> right. Right, with right, us, right. And we have to um, call on them for help and tune into that guidance, and then it's there. It's with us. They're, they're there for us. Now, they can't yeah. make our life pain-free and easy and effortless because that's not why we're here. Right. But right. they that, can that, help that. us to stay on path. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you have any recommendations of how people can connect with their guides, uh, you know, ha- have strengthen that connection? Yeah, I I do think it it does start with meditation and a lot of people kind of blanch when they hear that word. And if you're like me, I'm I'm a little bit ADD when it comes to meditating. I have a really hard time focusing that monkey mind as they say. I do too. It's hard, isn't it? And um mm. sitting in silence is really difficult for me. So what I recommend to people that might be like us is to try guided meditation. Because that mm-hmm. will focus your mind. And there's some great guided meditations to meet your spirit guide. And that's yeah. how I did it. Um, that's how I did it when I first met my main spirit guide. Um, is I did it through a guided meditation. And then I, I saw him. And then what I did was I asked for that to be uh, affirmed or validated for me through a sign. And I picked a purple mm-hmm. flower to represent him. And mm-hmm. he kept showing me purple flowers in some really cool ways. And so from there, once you kind of link in through a guided meditation, you, there's so many different ones out there. You, you guys can just YouTube it, and I'm sure there's some free ones out there. Um, I really like uh, James Von Prague. He has a good one. Doreen Virtue has several great ones. Um, I'm a big fan of Sonia Choquette and John Holland. So you can check any of those people out um, and, and, you know, listen to the guided meditation to meet your spirit guide. Um, When you do it, just again, remember that expectation. Don't have an expectation. The first time you do a guided meditation to meet your guide, you might just feel an energy of love. You might Mm -hmm. see a color. The the first time I did it, I saw the color purple. Um, Mm. Just this little purple ball come over this, this bridge. And the meditation I do, I have people imagine themselves in a crystal cave and they're sitting mm-hmm. next to a bridge that goes to the other side. And then you ask your guide to walk over that bridge. And the first time I did that, I just saw this purple ball. Um, so mm. it took a long time before I actually saw a person. So I would mm. say to people, in my opinion, it does start with meditation. However, don't let that distract you. And if you don't see something the first time, don't let that distract you. You know, keep on trying to make this relationship. Because think about it. Imagine that you're a spirit guide and you've mm-hmm. been sent to keep this person on task. And like this person might have signed up for some really difficult lessons. And so. Right. Wouldn't you want to have a relationship with them so you could let them know, hey, I'm here, I'm here, we live in two different dimensions, so it's really hard for you to see me, but I'm here. Like, you would want your person to know that, so that's how your guides are. Um, But the way it was explained to me and the way I explain it to others, 
they're vibrating so high and at such a different dimension. It's like when you turn a fan on to the highest settings and you can no longer right. see the blades. That's yeah. the energy of your guides. Whereas most of us are like a fan at setting three where the blades are just kind of like Whoa, going through very slowly. <laughs> Some of us are like a stopped fan where you can <laughs> see the dust on the fan blades. <laughs> right. So. In order to connect with your guide, you have to increase your fan blades, which is hard, but it can be done. But think about your guides because they have to slow down their fan blades to meet you halfway. So I always yeah. ask people, what do you think is hardest, running as fast as you can or walking as slow as you can? Right. Interesting. But um, I just say keep keep trying because once you do establish that relationship, it's wonderful. And you know, I do um, I do I offer a service called Soul Plan Readings because I do connect with people's guides so easily. Mm. And so I do this thing where I go into meditation and I take the person's full name and I connect with their guide. And it's a really popular thing, and it's so popular that I actually like take it off my website from time to time because I just want wow. people to try connecting on their on their own first. And one yeah. of the things that people are so um, hyper focused on is their guide's name, mm -hmm. and I just I want people to not focus on that because I really don't think they care what you call them as long as you call them. Like in, right, in my right, life. Right. I'm, I go by Sam, Samantha, Mrs. Faye, Mom, Yo. <laughs> Sorry. That's back to my classroom days. Yo, teach. Um, yo, teach. And I respond to all of them. Well, I don't respond to yo, teach. But um, but do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't really care what you call me. Um, sure. But just, you know, call. Ask for help. That's what I used to always say to my students. And I think that's how our guides feel, too. So don't get super focused on, like the name of your guide and just just get focused on connecting with that energy and asking for that help to stay on your path and your plan that you that you set out for yourself yeah very very interesting i find the guide stuff so so intriguing too and as i mentioned you know i've had more readings in the last year i decided a long time ago i wouldn't seek them out only if they kind of came to me i had a bunch you know in my early 20s and then i was like you know what i'm not going to ever seek them out again unless they come to me and of course on the show in the last year i've had quite a few uh folks uh like yourself with your your gift uh developed gift right and so i've heard some interesting things you know the tv thing many times now in the last year and um and uh, the writing thing it's, it's like the same stuff uh, over and over mm -hmm. which has been fascinating but one of the the readings that i got uh, she connected with one of my guides and she was um she kept saying the name was richard and and then she mentioned richard lionheart which i guess i didn't know anything about but um you know, she, she had said that we were really close, me and this Richard. And, you know, this person was like jumping up and down out of my huge spirit team. She said, this one was like me, 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 you know? And, uh, so it's funny just like last week. Um, so I looked in, you know, this was like a first King of England who did a lot of, uh, you know, he's a warrior kind of guy and, mm -hmm. um, well-loved. And so anyway, I just, uh, my brother was looking into ancestry.com and realized that we were connected 
Uh, our family, uh, I have a relative that was like right hand man to, uh, I can't remember the name of the king no way. Uh, a- after him. And in when I was reading the uh, the Wikipedia about this other king in England, um, it was, they referenced Richard Lionheart in it. So it wasn't, my relative wasn't directly wow. connected to him in this article, but they then went on to mention this Richard character in association, right? And it was like, whoa, there it is, like really wild to then kind of sort of tie in this physical connection to to this character in some way was was pretty pretty wild for me. Oh, that's really cool because I always tell people like people will always ask me, you know, is my mom um one of my spirit guides? Is my grandfather mm-hmm. one of my spirit guides? And I right. always say no. That um mm. they they are definitely with you and supporting you and helping you out as much as they can. But the example I would use is if you know, if you take um my ex-husband, when he was shot in the line of duty, if his mom had been um, on the other side at that time, and if she had been one of his spirit guides, I can tell you, knowing Maggie as well as I do, she would have blocked that bullet from hitting him with everything she had, which right. was not in his path, because his it was path, clearly right, part right. of his destiny to be injured that night. Sure. And you know, can't you see that? Like, we love our loved ones yeah. so much. We don't want anything bad to happen to them. And yet, our spirit guides have to sit back and sometimes watch while bad things happen to us because it's part of our path. For whatever reason that I do not pretend to know, I don't I don't necessarily believe in the whole, well, you must have shot someone in a past life, so you had to get shot in this life. I I don't think it's that simple. But what I do know is that we do pick great things to happen to us, and we do choose for bad things to happen to us. And it's all about growing our light. Um, Mm -hmm. And our loved ones can help us during those times of tragedy and trauma and trial, but they can't Mm -hmm. prevent them. And if they were on our spirit guide team, I think that they would try to prevent them, and then that would really mess with our path. Yeah, well, no, that that so makes anyway, good logical sense. The, the Richard the Lionheart thing just makes me wonder. I wonder if there is an ancestral connection to some of these guides. Maybe they're not, you know, like your grandfather, but maybe there is an ancestral connection to some of the guides. I think that's that'd be a cool thing to study and try to explore. Oh, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be an absolutely fascinating uh, make up for an absolutely fascinating book if someone was able to sort of tie that much stuff together. And, and of course, I guess guides aren't always necessarily characters that were, you know, in this case, Richard Lionheart, that's a, yeah, that's like a famous character from, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, but I, I just thought it was really fascinating when my brother's like, oh, you know, Mark Beecham was connected to this King and he was like his right hand man and da, da, da. And here it is. And then I'm reading all about this. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I need to know this. And um, Wikipedia, but what stuck out to me was when it, you know, then brought up Richard the Lionheart in that in that article. I'm like, wow, that's really cool, pretty, pretty cool. So, well, this has been pretty cool. This has been really cool, Samantha. I I've so enjoyed connecting with you, and I know the listeners uh, have enjoyed all of this and all the stories and and advice and insight and wisdom. And um, what is the best way for those who want to continue to follow your work? Uh, obviously, Psychic Teachers. Uh, you have a website as well where you offer uh, services and readings and so forth as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, my website is samanthafay.com. Um, and it's F-E-Y. I always say it's Tina Fey without the bank account. 
<laughs> how you spell my last name. Um, a lot of people want to spell it a little less crazy maybe (laughs) (laughs) different brand of crazy (laughs) exactly i adore her um anyway so it's samanthafay.com i am working through um a pretty extensive waiting list on my readings but i am offering email readings and it it works the same where you send me a question and um Mm -hmm. I go into my meditation, I tune into your question, and I write a pretty extensive answer. Usually each question gives returns about three or four paragraphs of information. Um, and then at mm-hmm. the end, I do a three-card pull with my tarot deck to, to see mm-hmm. if it validates and matches up with what I was getting. Um, and mm-hmm. I try to keep that return time about under a week, um, mm-hmm. but I'm kind of getting a bit of a backlog on those two, so it's usually within 10 days you'll hear back from me on on the email readings. Excellent. And like excellent. I said, the well, soul plans kind of come and go because I get really long wait list on those two. Those are really popular. Um, but if you follow us on Facebook, we're psychic teachers, all one word. When I do finish up my soul plan waiting list, I will post on Facebook. Soul plans are back up. Cool. Well, uh, this has been such a, a great experience, Samantha. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share and connect here. I do have one last question for you that I like to leave sure. uh, leave everyone off with. In 60 seconds or less, what is the meaning of life according to Samantha Fay? Oh my God. Um, I think you the know, meaning just of- a basic question. <laughs> the meaning of life, in my opinion, is to, you know, discover who you are and in doing so, learn how to love yourself. I really think that's what we're here to do, is to love mm. is to love ourselves in all, mm. every way, shape, and form that we are in, with all of our faults and with all of our gifts and talents. Because mm. what is life if you don't love yourself? Mm. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's what I say all the time. Self-love is the number one thing that we're all here to, to learn and get. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have all these different agendas, but that's on every single person's checklist of what to accomplish <laughs> while they're in physical, in my opinion. Yes, I think it would solve everything. I think we wouldn't yeah. have all the rife that we have, um, strife that we have in the world right now if we just could really love and accept ourselves or at least treat ourselves like we treat our friends. <laughs> the yeah. very least, yeah. try that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Samantha, thank you so much. You are such a, a lovely light and uh, thank you for shining it here on uh, the show and I look forward to uh, connecting with you uh in 3D at some point. Hopefully our paths will cross. Oh, I would and, love that. Uh, and um, <laughs> just thank you for having me on. I've listened to your show many times. I've heard the people you've interviewed and I'm just so honored to be, you know, among the people that, that you've requested. The work you're doing is, I think, really helping people to awaken. Mm. So well, I thank you, you for that. That means a lot coming from you. And uh, until next time, Samantha, journey well. Much love to you. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, Your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world 
because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.